الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد We were in the introduction of fiqh The introduction of fiqh Today inshallah ta'ala We're going to carry on from where we left last week Last week what we mentioned was The different types of ikhtilaf, right? Today we're going to mention What's the benefit in khilaf? Is there actually a benefit in looking into khilaf, difference of opinions? And what are the benefits in it? So, fawaid of what? Another fil khilafi. Lil faqih wal mufti. This is important. The benefits in looking into the khilaf, the difference of opinion of the scholars. What benefit does it have? For who? For the faqih, the jurist. There's a benefit in it for him. And also the mufti, who's going to give fatwa. He, it's vital, rather, for him to look into difference of opinion. The khilaf in issues, you should look at it. And there are benefits in it for him. The benefit number one is أن تتحرر عنده مواطن الإجماع من مواطن الخلاف the first benefit that is in it is he will know what is he allowed to differ on and what is allowed to not differ on. You see, ijma, you're not allowed to go against it. Once there's a consensus in an issue, once there is a consensus in an issue, you have only one option which is to follow this. And consensus is a unanimous agreement when the scholars all come again together or this, on a particular issue. So this ayah, the scholars understood it like this. Or the scholars believe that Dhuhr is wajib, and Asr is wajib, and Maghrib is wajib. You can't say, I'm of the opinion that it's highly recommended. Because there is no view out there which is highly recommended. Are we all together, brothers? The only view that's out there is what? That it's obligatory. So all of the scholars understood from the ayah, وَأَقِيمُ um, الصَّلَاةِ Established a prayer, that dhuhr is wajib. That's what they all understood from it. You now have to follow. If you don't know where the difference is and the agreement is, you may come and do what? you may come against a consensus, an ijma', which you're not allowed to go against. And that's very common. That some people, they go against an ijma' that's already there. Why do they go against it? They say, I've got a hadith in this issue. 
The hadith here, the scholars agreed in a, 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 one particular understanding. You have no rights to come and to go against the what? Ijma'ul Ummah, the unanimous agreement of the whole entire Ummah. You're the only one who understood this from this hadith like this? Are we all together, brothers? So, it's very important to what? It's very important to look into it like that. Walidalika, some of the scholars they used to say, and I'm going to read some of their statements. Qatada. Qatada said, if anyone does not know ikhtilaf, he doesn't know the difference of opinion in issues. لم يشم لم يشم أنفه رائحة أما لم يشم لم يشم أنفه الفق. If a person doesn't know the difference of opinion of scholars, his nose will never smell the fragrance of fiqh. You're not going to really get the the smell of fiqh if you haven't looked into two اختلاف. Are we all together, brothers? This is a great imam from the time of the Salaf. Hisham ibn Ubaid, Hisham ibn Ubaid al-Razi, Udariya 221, he said, anyone who doesn't know اختلاف الفقهاء, anyone who doesn't know the difference of scholars in issues, فَلَيْسَ بِفَقِيهِ He's not a faqih. You're not a scholar. You're not a faqih. If you don't know the difference of opinion in issues, you don't understand there's difference here, the, why the difference is, if you don't know it. Yahya ibn Salam at Taymi he said la yanbaghi it is not permissible liman lam ya'rif it is not permissible for the one who doesn't know al-ikhtilaf an yuftiya it's not permissible for you to give fatwa if you don't know the dif- khilaf if you don't know the difference of opinion in the issue you're not allowed to do you're not allowed to do what fatwa have you looked at the difference of opinion in this issue have you looked at who's strong and who isn't? No. If you haven't, then don't give fatwa. Don't give fatwa. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i, look what he said. Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i. He said, لا يكون لأحد It is not for a person. أن يقيسى What does he mean يقيسى? أن يجتهد It's not permissible for a person to do ijtihad. حتى يكون until he becomes until he becomes a scholar of that which have come before him for what? from the sunnah and the statements of the pious predecessors and the consensus of the scholars the consensus of the scholars and their difference of opinion and knowing the Arabic language. It's not permissible for you to do ijtihad. If you don't know all of this, don't give, I mean, don't do ijtihad and look at a next text and try to extract things from it. You have to know what? The Arabic language. Are we all together, brothers? You also have to learn what? The consensus and the differences. What, also, what, what do you also have to know? You have to know aqawil as-salaf. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, what did he believe in this issue? What was the view of Abdullah ibn Abbas? What was the view of Jabir? What were the views of the companions? You have to open those books and read Musannaf ibn Abi Shayba, Musannaf Abdul Razak ibn Hammam al-San'ani that deal with the... Musannaf ibn Abi Shayba, what does he deal with? Aqawil al-Salaf, the Af'al al-Salaf. 
the positions of the Salaf and their statements. If you don't know that, then don't give fatwa. Don't answer a question. And also, do not do ijtihad and say, what I believe regarding this issue is it's a problem. It comes with great problems. وَلِذَلِكَ أَيُّوبَ السَّخْتِيَانِ said something very powerful. It Wallahi deserves to be written in ink of gold. This statement should be written in ink of gold. He said, أَجْسَرُ النَّاسِ عَلَى الْفُتْيَا The people you're going to find who are the most courageous to give fatwa. They just want to give fatwa. They just want to answer questions. The people, أَجْسَرُ النَّاسِ The people who are hungry to give fatwa. Hungry to answer questions. Ahu. أَقَلُّهُمْ عِلْمًا The one who has the people who have the least knowledge. Generally, the one who goes, Eh, Akhi, you have a question? I'm here, inshallah, what do you want? The ones you find doing that are the ones who really have what? What do they have? أَقَلُّهُمْ عِلْمًا They have the least knowledge. Why? Because they don't know بِاخْتِلَافِ الْعُلَمَاء Because when, when you go home and you read and you research, okay, brothers, you're going to see there's so much differences in this issue. It becomes very hard for you to say this view is right or this view is wrong. So it puts you in a position where it's like, because you really went in and you studied. Well, what shocked me was Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah, are you with me brothers? Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti. He was a scholar, if you look at his tafsir book, his Adwa'ul Bayanin, the other tafsir book that was written, Adhib al-Namir. He, a lot of the times he will say This is the call of Alan And this is the call of Fulan And then and he says And the strongest opinion in this issue Is this, 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 this If you look at when he grew older He would say This is a, this different there's a, This scholar said this And this scholar said this Allah, and it hasn't become much clear to me The older he got What, what, what happened? He learned that the khilaf the beginning you think it's easy, it's crystal clear. These people are saying this and these people are saying this and it's all over. Khalas. But he learnt that it's not that easy. All together. It's not what? There are some in me personally, till today, till today, I read it and I'm, the whole month I'm of that opinion. And then next month I'm on the opposite opinion again. Are we all together? Especially like the example of the issue of Talaq al-Thalath. If a man divorces his wife three, is it considered three or is it considered one? This is mas'ala hayyaratni. I'm personally of the, I'm confused on this issue. And wallahi, I've been reading into it for long. Are you with me, brothers? Uh, I don't know. I, it's a hard issue. Very hard for me. Because both parties are, huh? They're coming with what? It's like two mountains hitting each other. Boom. What happens to the small people like us? Oh, the pebbles and the rocks, they hit you. Hakika, this is it. It's hard to say this is stronger than this one. It's one of them ones, it's like, you know, may Allah make it. Whichever one, you know, your heart can find contentment, take that opinion. I don't know. Because it's very tough. Khilaf is very, very hard here. Are you with me, brothers? Are you with me, brothers? So, the more you look into issues of scholars and you look at the qawaid that they're using and the angle that they're coming from and whatnot. You start to realize what? That truly you can't answer this question. Like in the ignorant one, he thinks there's just one evidence he's, he's got. So what's he going to be like? Yeah, yeah, it's not permissible. Are you with me, brothers? Especially the ones, the ones that you tend to find is that 
they say to the teacher, teacher, I have the answer, can I answer it? Did you give me the permission? It's an issue, you said Allah, I don't know. And he goes, Dad, can I answer it? So he wants to jump. He just, no, don't answer it. Brother, no one knows it. Inshallah, we'll research more into it. Even if you know a question, an answer of a mas'ala, I would advise you all to say to the person, I'll get back to you on it. Think about it. Hatta even if it's kashamsu fi rabi'atin nahar, it's like daytime for you. This is your religion, your brothers. The scholars, you know what they said? The mufti and the one who's giving the fatwa, he's on the brink of falling into jahannam. He gets it right. Amen, brothers. Some of the scholars, that's what they said. It's not an easy, it's not a light issue. You know what you're doing when you're giving a fatwa? You're speaking on behalf of Allah Azza wa Jal. What are you doing? You're speaking on behalf of Allah Azza wa Jalla. You're, you're saying this is what Allah wants. This is what pleases Allah. This is what He wants. Is that easy to say? Ha, so. Let's go back to the statement of Ayub al-Sakhtiyani. He said, Adsarun nas, the people who are the most eager and the most courageous to answer. I mean, courageous is a good characteristic. I don't know. Adsar means a person who's just eager. Huh? To answer a fatwa is aqalluhum ilman, the one who has the least knowledge. Bihtilaf al ulama, the differences of the scholars. And the one who withholds, he said, Ayyub Sakhtiani saying, and the one who holds from giving fatwa is a'lamuhum bihtilaf al ulama, is the one who knows what? The differences of the scholars. What does he know? The difference of uh, the scholars. Okay, I mentioned, I mentioned that benefit that comes with looking into what? In looking into ikhilaf. The other benefit that's in it, the other benefit that is in there is, in looking into khilaf is, And another looking into the khilaf يقوي نظر it strengthens the what the view of the mufti and the faqih it strengthens you as a person you become very strong when you look at difference of opinion and you've read everybody's views when you take a position it's hard for the person to go against you people can't go against you so you know all of their opinions no one's going to come with you something new that you haven't heard of so it actually grounds you and this is a good characteristics brothers are you with me brothers that any issue that you don't have any of these don't speak about it listen to this first of all um, what's the ruling in this issue you have to have the hukum if you don't know the ruling in an issue, don't talk about it. Once you know the ruling, you need to have the evidence for that ruling. Are we all together, brothers? So the first one is, you know this rule, what's this issue? Halal or haram? You have the ability, you know the hukum. Second one is, you have the delil for the hukum. 
third one is you don't have the delil. You have the wajhu wajhul istilal. The relationship between the evidence and the ruling. That's wajhul istilal. Whenever you hear the word istidlal, wajhul istidlal means the evidence and the ruling that you just gave. You said it's haram, right? And you brought in evidence. Okay, show us this ruling that you mentioned which is haram and the evidence that you gave, the bond between the two. How? How? Number three. This cannot be done by a muqallid, a blind follower. The fourth one is you have to know uh, the khilaf in this issue. You have to know what? Al-khilaf fil mas'ala. The khilaf in what? In this issue. So if there's an opposing opinion to you, what's their view? Are you with me, brothers? And last but not least, which is the fifth, is al-jawabu anha. You can respond to it. These five steps you have to take. For any issue you want to give. First of all, what's the ruling? Second, what's the evidence for that ruling? Third one is, what's istidlal? How do you... Okay, I can say to you, for example, um, you're allowed to... Um, you're not allowed to drink khamar. Khamar is what? Khamar is what? Haram. What's the evidence? Somebody asked me. So I gave... I said, khamar is what? I said, Khamar is haram. That's a ruling I gave. The person asked me for the evidence. And I said, the evidence is, My evidence is, Why don't you look at the cow, how Allah created it? That's my evidence that the Khamar is. Is that evidence? Are we all together, brothers? But can you deny that that's an ayah in the Qur'an? Is that an ayah in the Qur'an? Did Allah not say that? Did I not say the haqq? But the person is going to say, but the hukum and the delilah, there's two different things. So this is where a lot of people get fooled. The person is giving you a ruling, but he's not really giving you the correct evidence for it. The ability to say, no, this evidence does not talk about our ruling is a science called usulul fiqh. That's usulul fiqh what he deals with. Knowing the relationship between the ruling and the evidence. Are we all together, brothers? So the person will ask, إِنَّمَا الْخَمْرُ وَالْمَيْسِرُ وَالْأَنْصَارُ وَالْأَزْلَامُ رِجْسُ مِنْ عَمْلِ شَيْطَانِ فَاجْتَنِبُوا And evidence is like that. Are we all together, brothers? The third one is, um, sorry, the, this is the delete, this is the evidence, sorry, the hukum, the delil, and the wachul istilal. I mentioned the wachul istilal. So the delil is, أَفْلَا يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبْلِ كَيْفَ قُرِغَتْ the person is going to say, okay, where's your what's istidlal from the ayah? How did you extract that? فَلَيَنْظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِي It shows that it's haram. That's called what's your? What's your istidlal? The third one is, الْخِلَافُ فِي الْمَسْأَلَةِ Is there a difference of opinion in this issue? You have to research. Did any, anyone go against me in this issue? If there isn't, you're safe. Because you just say ijma'ah. So, brothers, view a hold is ijma'ah. If it's not an ijma' and there's a difference of opinion, then you have to give us why you chose this opinion. 
The scholars, they say, Tarji'un bighayri murajjah, yusamma tahakkum. No one wants dictatorship. People want to know why you chose this opinion from this opinion. Because both parties are not prophets. You chose this party's view over this party's view. Why? Explain to us why you did it. So you need to go into the reason of the khilaf. So what do you do? First of all, put all the views, so put all of the views in front of yourself. So there's six views in this issue. Okay. I, I realize that there is six different views. No more than that. Good. Write down under every view their evidence. Because you're going to move on to the sixth, fifth one, right? And then respond to each evidence. And then give. You say, my evidence still stands. No one can eliminate my evidence. And so this is why I believe it. Are you with me, brothers? If you can't do any, if you can't do a mas'ala, these five steps, can you, can you claim that you know it? So the benefits of looking into khilaf is this one. What does it do? No one can come to you and say, but I differ with you on this issue. You know when he says, I differ with you, he's either going to go for one of those Six views And you know the evidence is going to bring So you're ready So you know what is for you And you know what is Against you Does, Am I making sense here brothers? Five steps For every mas'ala Try to do it like that That's actually how you do research When you're doing a bath of a mas'ala That's how you research You write the hukum at the first Then you, the evidence for it Are you with me brothers? That's it now we're going to go into, inshallah ta'ala, why difference of opinion occur. The fifth one is al-jawabu anha, the response that you're going to give. Response to the khilaf that you just came with. You Six views, okay, respond to each one. Are you with me? Well, some people, you know what they do? They'll say to you, there's a difference of opinion in this issue. Hey, brothers, next question. You just confused us, you told us there's six opinions, why don't you tell us which one's right? Are we all together, brothers? You need to tell us. It's like somebody saying this hadith has many turuq, many different riwayat uh, it came in. This is the riwayat, and he leaves it there. And he doesn't tell you which one is sahih, from which one is dahif. Are you with me, brothers? So when you bring all of the different views, you have to do tarjih. Are you with me, brothers? I, uh, okay. Now I want to talk about why the scholars actually differ. Isn't the Quran the same book we're reading? Are we not reading the same hadith book? Why are they differing for? Why? Why do they like to differ? We're now going to go into Asbabu Ikhtilaf al Fuqaha. Asbab means what? Huh? It means Asbabu reasons for what? Reasons why scholars differ. To be honest, there's only three reasons why the scholars differ. Everything else goes back to one of these three. The first one is Imma and the Sabbath Yaudu Ilan Nusus. الشرعية 
أو يعود it goes back to إلى اللغة العربية أو يعود or it goes back to إلى القواعد الأصولية Okay, these are the three reasons, generally. You can bring every reason that any scholar mentioned to one of these three. Okay, the first one is, What does it go back to? The difference here is a textual issue. There's a difference in what? Textual problem. There's a difference in terms of textual problem. How is that the case? One text reached one scholar, but it didn't reach another scholar. This hadith, as we all know, Imam al-Shafi'i has a kitab called Jumma'ul Ilm, and some scholars they call it Jumma'ul Ilm. It's a very nice book. Imam al-Shafi'i mentioned in this book, no one memorized all the hadith of the Prophet. No one in the face of this earth. Never. No one's ever. Are we all together, brothers? No one. No one's ever done Yes, every memorize all the Quran, but not the, all the hadith. So a hadith may reach one person, but not, but not, but not another person. Are we all together? Or this hadith may reach this imam in a weak chain, but the hadith has actually got another chain which is authentic, but that didn't reach him. So what does he consider this hadith to be? Weak, but there is another chain which is authentic, and matters related to that. Are we all together? This one by itself, ten come out from this. Ten different ways. Al-Imam uh, Ibn Taymiyyah has a kitab called uh, Raf'u Al-Malam. It's called Raf'u Al-Malam An A'imma Al-A'lam. What did he call it? Lifting the blame from the worthy scholars. Why is he saying lifting the blame from the worthy scholars? Because the scholars, they went against texts. So he's trying to lift the blame from them. So people don't criticize the scholars. He's telling you the reason why they did go against this text is because of this reason. Or it's because of this reason. And he gives you good, what do you call it, examples. And I think that's a book that should be looked into and seen. Are you with me, brothers? Ten reasons why they would go against the textual evidence. Does that make sense, brothers? The evidence didn't reach him. Are you with me? The hadith, he, it reached him, it was either weak. Or the wording that reached him of the hadith is actually a wording that was different from the other wording that was out there. Are you with me, brothers? So this is one. But this is the problem with some people who follow madhabs. Your imam is excused because the evidence didn't reach him. But what's your excuse? Are you with me, brothers? And you're holding on to my imam believe this But your imam didn't see the hadith And if he was to see he would have taken it Are you with me brothers? And imam Abu Hanifa if he saw hadith he would take it And imam Malik would have taken it And imam Shafi'i would have taken it And then imam Ahmad would have taken it Are we all together brothers? But what's your excuse? You can see the hadith right in front of you Does that make sense brothers? The second reason that I mention is Due to the Arabic language Again That would mean 
um, that would mean the Arabic language is what they are differing on. This term has many usages. Are you with me, brothers? And because of the usage of this term, it's causing a friction in what? On opinions. Like, for example, the Qur'u. Thalathata Qur'u. The woman who is divorced, Allah he says that she has to wait But what does the word mean? It has two meanings. It can either be or it can be what? Hayd. Here the question is okay, but which one is the haqiqah? And which one is it majaz? Meaning, when you say lion, the reality of a lion, the asl, the haqiqah, is that it's haywanun muftaris. An animal that has four, is it legs? Well, if it's wrong, it's your fault, brothers. Okay? And it's... What has it got? Why are you just talking about the male one? What, you guys don't want to talk about the female one? No, I was talking about the female one. I don't want to get in trouble. So you know what a lion is. That's the haiwan. Haqiqah. So when somebody says to you, I saw a lion, the haqiqah and the reality is that one. But majaz. It could happen, figure of speech, that it could refer to a brave person. But that's not the reality of it. It's majaz in that usage. Am I, am I, are we all together? So the thalathata quru' which one is the haqiqah and which is the majaz? This is the discussion. It's a big discussion. They're pulling, some saying, you know, this one, this one, this one. Are we all together? And both of them are used and it's seen it being used in that way. So now what's going to happen? Some are going to say the woman has to wait for what? Three menstruations based on hayd. And some are going to say when she's divorced, she has to wait for how long? She has to wait for? Tuhrin, which is tahara. Am I making sense here? No? Yes? So this is affecting the fiqh issue. Again, another example is Oh, la mastumun nisa, lams. Are you with me? Ya ilayhin amanu da kumtum ila salati faqtilu wujuhakum wa aidiyakum ila al-marafiq wa msuh. The ayah says, until, awla, awla mastumun nisa. Awla mastumun nisa means, this is ayahs mentioning the things that break your wudu. The word lams here is mentioned. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i took from the meaning of awla mastum. Shafi'i took from the word that this means the word lams. Is it all the lam and the alif is together? I think this is how it is. Yeah. The word lams means what? 
can have two meanings. Number one is what? Touching someone. That's Arab. Lamasa. Because ayah says, لا يمسه إلا المطهرون. The Quran, no one touches it. The word lamas is here used. Oh, la. لا يمس لا يمس يمس is لمس. Are you with me, brothers? It's also used as what? Sexual intercourse. Like for example, when uh, Jibril came onto uh, Maryama, and then he said to her, "The glad tidings of a child." And then what did she say? وَلَمْ يَمْسَسْنِي بَشَرٌ وَلَمْ يَمْسَسْنِي Lems. No man has touched me. What did she mean here? No man touched me. Meaning no man had intimacy with me for me to have a child. Because that was a context. You're having a child. So she used the word lems. Which meant what? Sexual intercourse. So the ayah, in this verse, is it referring to sexual intercourse or is it referring to touching? It's a laugh which is mushtarak. Are you with me, brothers? Because the ayah is talking about the things that break your wudu. And Imam Shafi'i is saying, no, no, it means touching. So based on him, if a woman touches you, what happens? She breaks her wudu. She breaks her what? That's why if you go to my country, um, they don't touch their wives. They say, oh, I'm going to go to the masjid, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I don't want to my Have you guys seen that? Is it come? I mean, in Kerala, there, 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 there is the Shafi'is, right? In Fiqh, in Fiqh Madhab, right? They are, right? Allahu Akbar. Noble people. Shafi'i. And the rest are Hanafis, right? <laughs> but you, don't, do you see that in Kerala? Do you see that? That they take the concept of they take it like that. So he doesn't want to touch his wife, he's running away and you know she doesn't So they on the bus if a woman touches him, ah broke my You see that it's common. Because they take the call of an Imam. When they go to Hajj they Hanafis. Because <laughs> a woman's gonna touch him and stuff like that. Uh. And then when they come back, they're on the plane, then they're, they're Shafi'i again. Mm. Are you trying to have a dig at the mother of Imam Shafi'i? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, it. Where, where is it going back to? It's going back to the language. Last one. Last example of why there is a difference of opinion. And we're going to conclude there. Is Al-Qawa'id Al-Usuliyah. Where does it go back to? Al-Qawa'id Al-Usuliyah. What does Qawaid al-Usuriya mean? It means they are differing on a principle. And the way that they can differ Qawaid al-Usuriya is many ways. Is in what? Either, number one, they don't even agree on the principle, Aslan. I don't even believe, we don't believe this Qawaid Like the Shafi'iyah, they don't accept Saddu Dara'iyah. Shafi'iyah don't accept the concept of what? They don't believe in that Qawaid Saddu Dara'iyah. Are you with me, brothers? Am I making sense here? Shafi'iyah don't believe in the Qa'idah Saddu Dara'i'ah. What does Saddu Dara'i'ah mean? Saddu Dara'i'ah means you're going to make something haram based on what it's going to lead to. The Sharia didn't make this thing haram. But you're making it haram based on what it's going to, what it's going to lead to. What's the ruling in that issue? 
Does that make sense? Shafi'iyah believe, Saddu Dara'i' that are mansus. That are what? Mansus meaning it has textual evidence. They believe those ones, yes. Like Allah Ta'ala said, ya Allah says in the ayah, لا تقرب الزنا ولا تقرب الزنا Don't get close to. So you're not allowed to touch a woman, you're not allowed to kiss a woman. The reason is what? You're not allowed to look at a woman. You're not allowed to? You're not allowed to look at a woman. Why is looking at a woman not permissible? Because it will lead to what? So it was made haram because, it, because of what it's going to? Because of what it's going to? Because of what it's going to lead to. Are you with me, brothers? Because that same woman that you are not allowed to look at, you are now allowed to look at her when you want to get married to her. Because now it's going to lead to what? It's going to lead to something good, which is marriage. Does that make sense? No? Yes? Am I making sense here? So, Shafi'iyah believe anything that the Sharia made it haram as a and the qawa and the saddu dara'i' that I used in the kitab and the sunnah we accept it but not outside that the malikiyah like what did they do with saddu dara'i' they, they embraced it are we all together so this qa'idah is differed upon and based on this qa'idah being differed upon what's going to happen like for example are you allowed to sell grapes to a person who you know makes khamar out of them selling grapes is permissible it's not haram. Is there anything wrong with that? But why are you making it haram for this particular person? Because of what it's gonna. So rulings come out from this. Qawaid that you're building your arguments on. Am I making sense? Shafi'iyah and the Hanafiyah and the Malikiyah and they, they have principles. Sometimes they agree on the principle but they differ on its application. Okay, you know what? We ex- like for example, Al Yaqinu la Yazulu Bishak. The qa'idah they all agree upon it Like in the application of this qa'idah On a mas'ala far'iyah A particular incident The application might be different Are you with me brothers? I'll give you an example Certainty cannot be removed with what? Doubt So somebody says to you I didn't wudu I don't know whether I broke my I don't know whether I broke that wudu What would you say to that person? Somebody said to you, I have not bro- broke my, broken my wudu. So he said, I don't know whether I broke my wudu. I'm doubtful. But I'm sure that I had wudu. Are we all together, brothers? What do you do in this situation? But he says, I don't know whether I broke it. You'll say to them, stick with the certainty and what you knew and ignore this waswas, I mean, this doubt that's come to your mind, Right? And then what qa'idah are you going to use? Huh? You're going to say Al-yaqeenu la yazulu bishak Taken from the hadith of the Prophet Of course Hatta tajida rihan Aw tasma'a sawtan Until you hear a noise Or you smell something Right? Are we all together brothers? So you'll say to this person Were you sure? Were you sure? That you had wudu? He'll say yes I'm sure I had wudu But you're doubtful whether you broke it Yes Ignore that doubt and stick with the certainty. Because certainty cannot be removed with doubt. Does that make sense? Malikiyah will come and say, we agree with the qa'idah that you used, but we don't agree how you applied it. Hey, they say that the asal of the person, he doesn't have tahara. 
Adam al-Tuhuriya is the asal. The certainty is that no one has tahara. Until he what? He's sure that he has. So this person in this case is what? Do you get my point brothers? So the qa'idah is agreed upon. But the way that the qa'idah is applied is what? Sometimes it's differed upon. One of the books that you can benefit this from in terms of applying this is Takhrijul Furu'i Ala Al-Usool. Books like that are very good. They teach you that. Zinjani and Talmasani and others have written books on this. And the Kitab and Majmu'ul Mudhab Fi Qawaid Al-Madhab by Al-Alai Al-Kaykaldi Rahimahullah Khalil, uh, Salahuddin Khalil Al-Alai Al-Kaykaldi His Kitab is Qayyim, Nafis, very good book. Ibn Rajab's Qawaid book. Amazing. It's very good. It's very, very good. And you'll benefit a lot from that type of application. And you'll see where the differences come from within the madahibs. Uh, anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me as shaytan. And Allah and his messenger are free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illallah. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi. Any questions? You see, this issue of uh, ijma' and majority, we need to distinguish one from the other. Islam is not for the idea of majority and minority. It doesn't look at that. So there's a difference between majority and consensus. Consensus means everybody agreed. There's no, diff- there's no one else on the other side. Majority means what? There's more on this side than this side. We're not talking about the issue of jumhur and ijma'. Are we all together? That's different. Ijma' means that everybody agree on this issue. That's the point number one I wanted to mention. Point number two is, how does one establish consensus? How does one establish consensus? How do you say there's a consensus in this issue? You're right, after the Sahabas died, and the Sahabas passed away, to claim consensus in an issue is hard. The reason is because, the scholars, their lands went different. You find scholars in India, you find scholars in the, uh, the Middle East, you find scholars in Africa. So how do you know they all came to this conclusion? It's very hard to claim. See, there's a difference between it's hard to claim, then it's impossible to claim. It's not impossible, it could be, be possible. But it's very hard. And one of the things that signify today, uh, it is... The scholars are part of a member of either, you know, committees that are made. They come and they research an issue and they reach a position. A qarar and a decision is met. Because back at the time of Ibn Taymiyyah and others and earlier than that, you would find one person is a mujtahid, he'd done ijtihad by himself. But in this ummah today, it's sad to say that, that you can't it's close to impossible to say that you can find a person who is mujtahid by himself. We're all together. Who can mujtahid mutlaq. It's very hard to say. Very, very hard to say. So that's why I'm saying now what, what, what kind of makes it... Mm. 
Oh, yeah, they would. Oh, they would. They will read it. There is ti'ab of issues. I'll look into it. But I just want to mention an issue important is that now the majami' al-fiqih, like hayat kibar al-ulama, when they do a fatwa, for example, this is a member of 30 people. Huh. Different ethnicities. Are we all together, brothers? They're sitting together on a committee table. They're looking at issues. The researchers are passed on. And then a, a, a qarar, a final decision is met on this issue. And this is the fatwa of Hayat Kibar ulama. Azhar will pass a committee of Azhar will sit together and they will give a fatwa on this issue. Rabidat al islam will do the same. The qarar will be met. And etc. Are we all together? So this is the mujtahid of times. These, these, these committees. Then one individual. Naam. Oh, no, 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 no. We mentioned this last week. We mentioned this clearly last week. We yeah, said... The example is that American Imam, very popular YouTube video, which says that during the time of Ibn Taymiyyah, most scholars considered his, uh, his uh, creed as deviant. So, you know, so as Dr. Sarkar said, that when that happens, you can't uh, you know, accept it. So, yeah, so based on... <laughs> You see, what Ibn Taymiyyah believed, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, there was no ijma' on the other side regarding it. Naam, they were more than him in number. And as I said to you before, number is not what we build our evidences on. Allah says, وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورٌ وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يُضِلُّكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ The majority don't know. If you look at the deviated sects, how many are guided to the hellfire? And how much are in the uh, in Jannah? Seventy-two are in the Hellfire. That's more. And only what? Only one is in Jannah. Look, this is the number. And Shaykh al-Islam told me to say that he was by himself and no one was with him. That's not true because he did have people with him. He had Ibn Kathir with him. He had Ibn Al-Qayyim with him. He had Abu Hajjaj al-Mizzi with him. He had Ibn Abdul Hadi with him. He had great Imams of his time with him. You see, but the difference between Ibn Taymiyyah he was he had, and Dhabi mentions this is that Ibn Taymi was very, very vocal of what he believed. He didn't care. وَكَانَ لَا يَخَافُ فِي اللَّهِ لَوْمَ تَلَائِمٍ He didn't care about anybody what he said about him. Whereas others, they were a bit scared. They couldn't take the mawaqif that he took and the positions that he took. So he was more vocal and so he became known for these and his positions, what he believed it. Are we all together? But if one believes Ibn Taymiyyah was alone in this issue, let him read a kitab called Nasir al-Din al-Dimashqi wrote. It's called Al-Raddul Wafir. In this kitab, there is over 30 scholars. Nasir al-Din al-Dimashqi, when he wrote this book, 30 scholars who all refer to Ibn Taymiyyah as Shaykh al-Islam. And they praised him. And guess what? When Ibn Hajar saw this book, do you know what he did to it? He put a taqrid on it. He praised the book. Ibn Hajar. And you know what shocks me? If you go to Fatuh al-Bari, if you go to what? If you go to Fatuh al-Bari, you know what Ibn Hajr says about Ibn Taybiyah? In Fatuh al-Bari, Sahih Bukhari. He says about him, he says, وَقَدْ نَبَّهَنَا أَمَا وَقَدْ نَبَّهَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْعَلَّامَةِ I don't know if he said Shaykh al-Islam, but I know he said Al-Allamah Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah pointed this point out. The knowledgeable one, Ibn Taymiyyah pointed this issue out. And he's talking about the issue of Kana Allah wala wala shay wa huwa al ana amam kana Allah Allah was 
قبل خلق المكان وهو الآن على ما كان عليه that Allah was where he was before he created a place he, he, Ibn Taymiyyah showed that this hadith is weak Ibn Hajr is an imam in hadith he's saying that Ibn Taymiyyah proved that this hadith is weak and he's saying this in one of his what? books Ibn Taymiyyah by the way brothers at his time he was a uh, he was his books were banned and so even scholars who had his opinions they would never mention his views his name they would just take his statements and they put it in their books like Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Sharah Ibn, Ibn Abi Al-Izz Al-Hanafi the whole book is Ibn Al-Qayyim and Ibn Taymiyyah but he doesn't quote them are we all together brothers? Sarajuddin Al-Bulqini is a Shafi'i Sarajuddin Al-Bulqini I can say personally I'm now reading his fatawa and his mawaqif and ikhtiarat I can say to you 80% of Sarajuddin Al-Bulqini's positions and his views are Ibn Taymiyyah's views and the ikhtiarat of Ibn Taymiyyah are you with me brothers? but he couldn't say Ibn Taymiyyah's name because what? you get arrested you're in, you're in a very big problem so at his time this was what the issue was are we all together? so uh, Ibn Taymiyyah to say he, was, he went against the ijma' of, in the issue of aqidah wallah he was, he was on the ijma' his kitab aqidah al-asatiya shows that he was this is the belief of firqatul najiyah ta'ifatul mansura but he excused them all when he debated them, what did he do? He said, I, I believe all of you are ignorant. That's why he said, I excuse you all. Are you with me, brothers? Now. If the person, like, uh, if there are no differences in the matter of Al-Aqidah, and if the person holds a certain position in Al-Aqidah and Mawaj, would he have to follow the six conditions? For example, if a person would have to know the Arabic language, and would have to have all the evidences to prove Oh no, we're not talking about aqidah. This ish class is nothing to do with. It's introduction to introduction to fiqh. We're talking about fiqh. It's nothing to do with aqidah. We're not talking about aqidah. We finished the introduction to aqidah. This subject that we're talking about difference of opinion and you need to know difference of opinion and you need to respect the difference of opinion. We're talking about masail which are what? Masail, no, no, not every masail fiqhiyah. But masail fiqhiyah which are the khilaf is mu'tabar. The khilaf is what? Ah, not even every issues of, not every, diff, not every fiqh issue we can differ on. Some fiqh issues that are fundamental we can't differ on. Like for example we can't differ on whether dhuhr is wajib or not. That's a fiqh issue, right? But can we differ on that? If, if you look at today the books of Aqidah that are written Like you see Abu Bakr al-Ismail is a Shafi'i You look at Imam al-Tahawi is a Hanafi You look at Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qairawani who is a Maliki You look at uh, uh, Imam Ahmed Usul al-Sunnah Each one is a different place, different land, different place You bring the Aqidah books and you look at it All of them are saying the same thing And they are different madhabs like Shafi'i, Hanafi, Maliki, Hanbali But when it came to Aqidah they were one. They never differed. Do you know Allah Allah has a way. Allah has a way, wallahi, in things. The people who go against these aqidah issues, they themselves, they shot themselves in the foot. How? They will say to you, I am Hanafiyun fil furu'i, ash'ariyun fil usuli. I'm a Hanafi in fiqh, and I'm an ash'ari in aqidah. Why couldn't you say I'm a Hanafi in aqidah as well? Do you get it? That's what he will say. He knows it. 
He knows that Imam Abu Hanifa was an Awat. Ash'ari. He knows that Imam Malik was an Ash'ari. He knows that Imam Ahmed was an Ash'ari. The fact that you specifically said, I follow Imam Abu Hanifa in fiqh, you're not happy with his aqidah. You're not what? You're not happy with his? You're not happy with his fiqh. The truth of the matter is to say that the Salaf differed in Aqidah, the scholars differed in Aqidah, that's not true, that's not fair, that's an unjust statement, an unfair statement. And the truth hasn't been, hasn't been said in that regard. Our Messenger, والسلام, when he left his companions, he said to them, I'm going to leave you, and he already told us that the people are going to differ. What did he say? He already told us, we already knew this was going to happen. That the people are going to differ. He already told us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And you know what he said to us? He told us three things. He said, Upon you is my sunnah. That's number one. And upon you is the sunnah of my what? Khulafa, meaning the companions. And the third one is to stay away from innovation. Isn't that what he said in the hadith? Irbad ibn Billahi alaykum. Did he say anything else? Why is it not that we cannot just say He told us there's differences He told us there's going to be groups He told us everything And he told us the way to get out of it Three things Wallah, he didn't say anything else Did he say anything else? Billahi alaykum I ask you guys, by Allah's sake Did he say anything else? Why can't we be pleased with the answer that the Prophet ﷺ dictated for us? The medicine that the Prophet gave to us Why do we have to look for other answers? Why do we have to look for fancy quotes? Why can't we be pleased with that statement? It's in more than enough for us are we all together? It's not... It, uh, the Kitab Intasaru Ahl Hadith by Abu Matafra Sam'ani. You know what he said? He said the amazing thing about the people of Hadith, the people of... Meaning Ahl Hadith here, he means the people of Aqidah Sunnah. He said wherever you go, they're saying the same thing. When you meet them, Salam alaikum. Same, they talk the same. And they never met one another. Are you with me, brothers? It's because they didn't... They didn't... Deviate from it. Imam Shafi'i, he went outside Mecca to learn what? To learn the Arabic language. He wanted to learn Arabic and strengthen his language. So he went with the Bedouins. He heard how they talk. He spent years to learn the Arabic from them. And then when he came on his way back, he heard there were some Sufis in a particular place. And Imam Shafi'i said, Oh, let me, get, let me go and check them out. And he went and he checked them out. And when he left them, he said, I didn't benefit anything from these individuals except two things. <laughs> what is it that I benefited from? The first one of it being, That time is like a sword. If you don't cut it, it will cut you. And I don't, I don't remember the second thing that he said he benefited from them. Something like that. And then he went on to say, and Imam Shafi'i, anybody who follows their path, in the morning, in the evening, he becomes... Ahmaq Shafi'i said this In the morning If somebody becomes a Sufi In the evening He becomes a what? Ahmaq Dimwitted And he said My ruling on the people of Kalam The people who went for philosophy And turned away from the Quran And the Sunnah My ruling If I was asked Imam Shafi'i said If I was asked My ruling with them would be what? That the shoes were taken off and the, the branches of the tree were taken and they were lashed and they were paraded in the market and it was said to the people this is the ruling of a person who turns away from the kitab because what did Imam Shafi'i see in Ilmul Kalam 
What did he see in it? It's what caused the division of the Muslims. And that the Quran and the Sunnah was left. صح? And the ilmul kalam, the basis for it is, I think. That's the basis of ilmul kalam. I think. صح? So leave that word. Wallah, it's an evil word. <laughs> I mean, say it in your normal conversations with people, of course. But when it comes to the deen of Allah, don't say I think. Uh-huh. Don't say ah. Uh. Stay away from that. Subhanakallah, wa bihamdika, ashadu wa la ilaha illallah, astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayhi.